We all want to be happier, but how do we get there? First, we start by realizing happiness is not a destination. Being happy consists of micro action steps every single day. I'm your host, Brittany King, and I'm here to guide you along the way. Hello, my friend, and welcome back to the Positively Real podcast. I'm your host and coach, Brittany King, and I'm so glad you're here today listening to this episode. As I'm recording this episode, I am about a week out from my due date, and I wanted to share, like I just felt called to share this topic with you of pregnancy after loss because I have been very open about my experience with miscarriage, and I felt very called to share this with you because chances of someone listening that has experienced loss or know someone that's experienced loss or is um, on their own fertility journey is probably really high because that is something that I have learned through my journey is how common all of this is, which doesn't mean that it's not really, really hard because it's really not talked about enough. So I feel called to share with you my experience because it's not talked about. And I want to normalize these types of conversations, even if they make us really uncomfortable. And I'm not going to lie. I'm very uncomfortable (laughs) right now. And I'm just going to allow that discomfort to be present and these words to flow through me as they need to flow through me and the message that you might need to hear. Now, this is obviously a a podcast episode about miscarriage and loss and grief and sadness. And so I just want to give you a little trigger heads up that if you are not in a place to listen to this, it's all good and you can always come back to it or you don't ever have to come back to it. So I just want to let you know that ahead of time. And I also want you to know that I am not an expert. This is not medical advice. This is my own experience and my teaching coming through. So this is the things that I have noticed and that have worked for me. And if you disagree with what I share, that's totally fine because your experience is your experience and my experience is my experience. So take what you need to from this episode and leave the rest. So back in December of 2020, I had a miscarriage at 12 weeks. I actually did a podcast episode about this. So please feel free to go back and listen to that episode because I'm not going to go into the details of the miscarriage. I did record that episode a couple days after the miscarriage because I felt compelled to share. And even now it's kind of mind blowing. It was almost like an out of body experience, but I'm so glad that I did because the amount of people that I reached and connected with because of that episode, I'm so grateful for. If I could share a little bit of my pain and make someone feel not alone, then I'm doing my job. And that's why I want to do this episode today because I want to make sure someone that hears this knows that they are not alone because having any sort of pregnancy loss is a pretty horrible, tragic experience. All of your hope, excitement, dreams, like everything, your future that you have created in your mind is totally shattered within moments. And getting pregnant again after miscarriage can be a very scary time, but it doesn't have to be. So I want to share this because I don't want you to feel alone in this journey. Now, first I'm going to talk about like what my process was to getting to this place. And then I'm going to share some things that are 
very normal through the experience after you get pregnant. So the first thing I realized after I had the miscarriage, I knew that the miscarriage was for me. It wasn't happening to me. I knew that. I didn't know why. And I didn't make it less painful. But the universe has a really funny way of getting our attention if we are not paying attention. And I will definitely say where I was when I experienced the miscarriage, I was not paying attention. And there was a lot of warning signs, but it took a miscarriage to wake me up. Up. And I'm not saying that's what needs to happen to you. And I'm not saying that's what happened to you. I'm just saying that's what happened to me between certain areas of my life that I was ignoring um, and beliefs and thoughts and fears that were all unconscious, um, not to mention where we were at in our personal life, like on paper, we looked ready, but then there was a lot of open loops that we needed to close before we even thought about what was next. And then also the intention. I I kind of looked back and felt like I was rushing into getting pregnant. Like I was like, we bought a new house, we had more space and we're like, okay, let's get pregnant. And that intention was not clean. I know that for a fact. That intention was very much trying to keep up with those around me. And that's a, to- that's a normal thing. Like it's tribal mentality. Other people are pregnant. You want to be pregnant with them. But when I look back, I, it kind of felt like I had the wrong intention. I, I'm very loosely with the word wrong, but the intention was not aligned. The intention was not aligned at that time. And having the miscarriage and sitting and being reflective and just, you know, sitting with the discomfort and allowing all of the unconscious to come conscious, there was a lot of things that I realized. There was a lot of fear and a lot of beliefs that I had so deep-rootedly embedded in my DNA that I needed to clean up before I even thought about bringing a human into the world because I don't want that human to take on, inherit the junk, the shit that I have. And there was a lot of stuff to clean up. And it that I'm so grateful for. Now, the first thing that I will say that helped me is seeking help. You are not meant to do this alone. And while friends and family are amazing and well-intended, they also come with a lot of inconsiderate comments that don't help your healing process that make you feel more isolated and alone. So the first thing I want to say is make sure you reach out for help, whether a coach or a counselor, um, some sort of healer, because there's so much trauma that is stored in your body from that experience. It's so important to get that out. And I would not be where I am today without doing that practice. Um, I started seeing a Reiki. I I don't even know what to call her. She's an angel. Um, I call her the doula of my soul. She really helped me understand what was going on in my body energetically and the emotions that were stuck and stored and the beliefs that were so embedded and helped me start to unearth them and bring the unconscious to consciousness. And I've never felt more light and connected in my life. And I'm so, I don't, I would not be here right now talking about this and feeling this good if it wasn't for her. When I first saw her, she told me straight up, she said, you didn't lose anything. And that just like brought tears to my eyes. Like I just started bawling. She's like, you didn't lose anything. This was a wake up call. And homegirl needed to hear that. It was a wake up call. My energy, the body, my body was contorted. There was no, like my energy kept getting stuck. It was blocked from all of these emotions, from these experiences that I had been resisting and avoiding. And that just shifted for me. I was like, all right, let's go. We got some healing to do. And not just healing from the miscarriage. There was healing before. There was healing that needed to be done before. (laughs) And so I just went on a journey. 
I let go of expectations. I let go of the tracker. I stopped using the Ava bracelet. I stopped checking when I was ovulating. I just said, you know what? I'm going to just, everything in my life has been perfect timing and this will be one of those things. And just enjoyed the process. Like it's so bizarre, the whole process, like you try not to get pregnant your whole life and then you try to get pregnant and you put so much pressure on it. And it's like, not fun like in a way and it should be fun it should be pleasurable and so it just and I just let go of all of that and also just enjoyed the life that I'm creating with my partner like we've created such a beautiful life for ourselves and we have an opportunity to continue to enjoy that so I let go of those expectations and I just started doing the work I started going deep in within my healing um, doing a lot of meditation a lot of journaling a lot of coaching and it was 2021 was so amazing for that, like so transformative. And it showed in so many areas of my life, my relationships, my business, um, just it was trickling into every area. So that experience like just helped me so much just surrender. I surrender to how I think things were supposed to. And I'm not saying it's easy because throughout that time, there was, there was a lot of challenges. Um, there's a lot of challenges from the support that I got from the people in my life. I was sometimes very disappointed in how I wanted people to show up for me and they didn't. And then I was surprised by how some other people did. And there's no right or wrong way to do it. You just realize how you want to be supported when you're going through a hard time. There's also a lot of triggers. Um, social media is just one big baby announcement and um, there's just babies everywhere. And that was really hard, but it was also really, really enlightening and helpful to show me that I still had work to do on my thinking because I could feel myself getting angry, frustrated. I remember when we found out that someone in our family um, was pregnant and my instant reaction was hurt. (laughs) And then I felt guilty about hurt. I felt guilty about feeling jealous. I felt guilty about not being happy for them. And then I beat myself up about it. And it was all of these negative thoughts that I had. So doing the work and giving myself space between my thoughts and what was actually happening really helped me see where I needed to continue to work. I remember thinking like, how could they share that news with us when, you know, we're in such a place of hurting. No one, no one cares. No one asks us about how we're doing. And I was just, I was instantly giving my power away. I was blaming everyone instead of just taking ownership of my emotions and my thoughts that were creating my emotions. And that was really powerful for me to recognize when I was feeling that way and that being okay with feeling that way. Of course, I feel sad. Of course, I feel jealous. Of course, I feel angry. I wish that was us. I wish that was us. And it was totally fine. And so I just want to normalize that. Like if you have experienced loss and you're not happy for someone and you think you should be happy for them, you can get to being happy for them as long as you honor how you're currently feeling. Your thoughts create how you feel. And that experience was so helpful because it wasn't the friend telling me about the gender. It wasn't the family member telling us about their pregnancy. It wasn't that. And and that's why people are hesitant, right? Like people are hesitant. So like, oh, I don't want to hurt their feelings. The first thing to know is like, you can't hurt someone's feelings by sharing your news. What hurts someone's feelings is you, their thoughts about you sharing the news. And it's important to know that because you don't want to stifle your joy because you want someone else to feel comfortable. Like, 
I recognized that and I didn't want anyone not to share with me. But the biggest thing was having my own back when I was feeling an emotion and also validating how I felt, like being like, it's okay that you feel this way. You're not a bad person for not being instantly happy when you heard this news. Like that is totally fine. I just want you to know that. So there were a lot of triggers and a lot of things that came up and you can't just put your head in the sand and pretend like it's not there. You got to be able to be open to it and know that there's no emotion that you can't feel no matter how hard or difficult it is. And that experience transformed me. It transformed my life. Every thought that I had and every feeling that I felt, I was able to sit in it and process it and not blame the circumstance for it. Mother's Day was really challenging for me. And same thing, just another invitation. All right, here's the work. Here's the work. And I will say like some moments were better than others. And in the moment, it can feel really disconnected or spirally or just super painful. But then when you give yourself the sit base to process it, it's so liberating and freeing. And I have found that the quickest way out of it is by being in it. So that was what I really took away from the experience is there's no right or wrong way to feel. Grieving takes however long it needs to take. The way people show up for you has nothing to do with you and everything to do with them. And I'll touch on that a little bit later. And it's so important to honor yourself and meet yourself where you're at every step of the way. This, even though the healing journey like was so powerful and transformative, it was also really, really hard. And I had a lot of moments of hopelessness and despair. And I share that because it's both, it can be really powerful and it can have be feel very hopeless. It's not one or the other. It's definitely both. So I want to touch on finding your support system, because like I said, there are going to be well-intended humans in your life, but the thing is humans are really uncomfortable by seeing other humans, especially ones they love in discomfort and pain and suffering. So when someone responds to you in a certain way that you don't like, it has nothing to do with you and everything to do with them. And that was something that I had to learn. Now I've been on the other side. I've been on the other side where I have said comments that were really insensitive because I've never been there before. And, and that's why I'm so grateful for my, the experience I had, because now I know how harmful toxic positivity is. And I'm very aware of the words and the sayings that are kind of default and it's just my own discomfort. But because I have experienced such an intimate, um, I've experienced such intimate pain, I'm way more aware of the words that I say to someone that has also experienced loss. Because really what people want is just to have a space to feel heard and understood. And sometimes we just want to feel validated in what we're experiencing. Some of the worst things that could be said is at least you know that you can get pregnant or at least it wasn't this. Oh God, such a trigger. But you know, it's okay if you've used those words. Um, I, I definitely think back to when my friends have shared really hard, tragic news with me and I didn't know what to say. And those were my default statements. So that is something that you just want to be aware of who you seek out for support because sometimes um, your support system might do more harm than good if they don't know how to sit with their own discomfort. Another thing that 
is not useful, and you might have experienced this, is when people are like, you are so strong. You were so brave. Like when I shared my story, people are like, you're so strong. You're so brave. Um, it was like, well, what was my choice? <laughs> like to, to just give up? You know, that sentiment, even though it's coming from a good, well-intended place, it often can make you feel more alone and that your feelings and what you're experiencing isn't validated. So when this happens, again, know that it has nothing to do with you and everything to do with the person that's sharing. You know, it is totally normal that people are uncomfortable by expressions of pain and grief. We're just, it's a, it is something that happens. It's a natural human reaction um, because no one wants to feel comfortable witnessing pain or grief. But the more that we can observe our own discomfort and how we respond to it, the more we can authentically show up for each other. So if you're listening to this and you might not have experienced loss and you might not have experienced, um, you know, you're not in that space of infertility challenges, check in with how you're responding. Check in with how you're feeling. Something that's really powerful is thinking about before you offer up anything to someone you care about or someone that's struggling with, um, you know, pregnancy loss or infertility, or just any hard time at that pause and ask yourself, have I offered compassion, empathy, and understanding first? Because if not, that's just your invitation to shift your energy and just be there and hold space and just love on that person and just hold them, even if you don't understand what they're going through. It's so important. It's so, so important. And it's like before, because it's our, our we want to find a solution. We're like, okay, let's make this, let's get them out of this pain. Um, let's get them out of this suffering. And maybe they just need to be in it, but need to feel held and supported and loved. So I feel like I just kind of went off on a tangent, but anyway, kind of back to the, the, the journey. Cause I want to get to sharing, um, you know, what is normal after you get pregnant after experiencing a loss, but something that was really powerful before, right before I got pregnant was, um, I was on my way to a visualization workshop. It was in April and I walk into the garage and I see, I open the garage and I see this thing kind of like move. I'm like, what is that? And so I close the garage a little bit and I open it again and I see this massive snake and I'm like, oh my God. And this is massive. This is a huge snake. And so I run inside and I go grab Brian. I'm like, Brian, you have to come see this. And he comes out, we're looking at this snake and all of a sudden I felt really calm and I was curious. So I walk up to the snake <laughs> And I get a good look. I'm like, oh, he's not poisonous. He's not dangerous. He's just really big. And it's a king snake. So I Google spiritual meaning of a snake because I'm a spiritual being. And I don't care how woo and crazy it sounds. It always comes through. So I look at what the spiritual meaning of a snake is. And a spiritual meaning of a snake is rebirth and fertility. And I just started crying. And I just knew I was like, it's going to happen soon. Cause at that point, all of my healing was working. I could feel all these different areas of my life, like really starting to come together. And I show Brian, you know, the Google <laughs> result and Brian is totally opposite of me. Um, but even him, he, he also got the chills. He was like, wow like, you can't deny that. You can't deny that. I mean, you can ignore it, but you can't deny. So I just felt this like calm knowing. I was like, it's going to happen soon. I just know it. 
fast forward a month later, I found out on June 3rd that I was a little bit pregnant. <laughs> um, and I was not surprised because of that messenger. So let's fast forward to when I find out. I have, and I say a little bit pregnant, it's like the tiniest possible bit. So I was getting routine blood work done because again, the miscarriage brought up some health concerns and I found out that I had um, a thyroid condition going on that had never been addressed and my progesterone was low. So I was kind of on this like health journey, kind of being my own advocate, working with a health coach. So I was getting blood work done with a um, functional medicine doctor. And I say to her, I'm like, you know what, just throw in my HCG because I am supposed to get my period. I'm just curious. And sure enough, HCG comes back. It's a 30, which is very, like, it's a little bit pregnant. I take a pregnancy test. The pregnancy test, like, has a very faint line. Like, <laughs> when I say a little bit pregnant, it was a little bit. I pretty much found out, like, day one. So here we go again. Been here before. Day one. And I'm just like, shoot, this is going to be a long road. And you, you know, you kind of think like, oh, getting pregnant again, all of your stress and worry and all of the things that um, have come up are going to go away. And in fact, it is the exact opposite. It is the exact opposite. I think getting pregnant after a loss, it takes a lot of courage. Like nothing rocks you to your core more than losing a child and then working through the grief and then becoming a parent again. So I find out I'm a little bit pregnant, can't even go to the doctor yet. Like it's just this weird limbo, right? Luckily, because of all the work I had done, I have been able, to, I was able to like sit in the discomfort and process, but it was still very intense. So I remember having a call with a coach and I'm so grateful that I did because the question she asked is like, what's true right now? And what was true is I had three positive pregnancy tests. My HCG level um, showed that pregnancy hormone. Um, my boobs were insanely sore. <laughs> and that was it. And I just held on to that because that was my truth. There was no other non-truth. And that was my mantra. That's been my mantra for the last nine months. And it has literally saved me from a lot of spiraling thoughts and worry and fear. Now, I will say that these are the things that I've noticed through this process, and I'm sharing them with you because this might be helpful for you if you are trying to get pregnant or you're, you're pregnant again. Um, I just want you to know how normal so many of these things are. So first things first is grief. <laughs> grief does not just go away and you have to create the space for grief. The process of grief is a journey and it's not something to be worked through in a structured way. It's messy and it's unpredictable and it shows up at the most random times. So when you get pregnant after a loss, you're going to experience grief. And even though you might be like, oh my gosh, why is this grief? I thought I worked through this. It is totally normal. It's a normal thing that happens. So if you continue to feel grief after you get pregnant, know that you are not alone. The most important thing to do is be gentle with yourself and let go of any judgment. 
grieving the baby that you lost and feeling excited about the new pregnancy go hand in hand. Just allow yourself to go through the roller coaster of emotions. Like this is what makes us human. It is that 50-50 split of negative emotion and positive emotion. And the most important thing is to give yourself grace and not judge yourself. Don't think that it should be a certain way. Allow it to be your way. Allow and accept what you're feeling and allow that grief to move through you as it shows up and happens. There is no timeline for grief. And I know this from experience, grief doesn't go away because grief is love. Grief is love trying to go somewhere and it's okay if you continue to experience it. The other thing that I found to be that I want to normalize is worry expect it. (laughs) It's going to happen. If you've experienced a loss, it's like, here's an instant, your anxiety just goes off the charts. And the problem with worry is it overshadows joy. That's why when I had that coaching call and she said, what is true right now? It shifted because it was, oh, I was experiencing the loss without actually having a loss again which makes sense because that's what happens when you experience trauma, that your your nervous system is activated and it's waiting for the next shoe to drop. So things that you would feel excited and joyful about before in the past, before experiencing loss, your nervous system is on high alert. So it, it makes sense why it's there. But the problem with it is it overshadows the joy and it almost makes you experience what you don't want. So it's almost like You're living in the fear of it happening before it happens. And that's a big challenge. So if you experience a lot of anxiety and you feel overwhelmed by worry, reach out to a therapist, a counselor, someone that can help you manage that because it can cause more stress and it might affect your sleep, which ultimately isn't good for baby and isn't good for mama. And like it pleads a totally opposite effect of what you truly want. So make sure you have that support system where you can openly discuss about how you're feeling and the, how the worry is impacting you. There is help and you just please promise me that you won't go through this alone. It's so important. You do not have to go through this alone. Whatever you're experiencing is valid because you're experiencing it. It doesn't matter if someone might have it worse or you should just be grateful and happy for the life that you have. What you're experiencing is very real. So please don't ignore it and please be kind and gentle with yourself as you experience it. Another thing that's really normal (laughs) is feeling like you want to hold your breath through every milestone and then having like a huge sigh of relief afterwards. So I found out very early that I was pregnant both times. And the first time around, Brian couldn't come with me to the appointments because of COVID. And so I was kind of, I was experiencing these appointments by myself. I got to the eight week appointment. There was a heartbeat. I experienced the whole thing by myself, which was awesome. Second time around, Brian got to join me and he was just like hearing the heartbeat for the first time is the best feeling. And he was just ecstatic and so happy. But me, I felt so anxious because in the back of my mind, I'm like, I've been here before just again, waiting for that thing to happen. 
And I found that, you know, depending on which room I was in, in the doctor's office, I was triggered by the experience that I had before. So the first time we had our ultrasound where we could hear the heartbeat was the same room that I was in after I had the surgery when I had DNC, which was a month after the miscarriage, the room that they gave me the anesthesia. And that was a very traumatic experience. Um, Also very cathartic because I woke up out of it crying hysterically like a faucet had been just total like the just ripped off and I was just like emotions were just pouring out of me but that experience was really hard and I was in that same room and it was crazy because even though I knew intellectually that there wasn't the same time my body was still responding like it was so I found that I was only in that room once we weren't in that room again um (laughs) which was very helpful but every milestone that we've had there was a huge sigh of relief. Like first it was the heartbeat. Then once we got to 12 weeks, which like whatever. And then we got to the anatomy scan and just every milestone, every milestone, more relief would come. So if you feel that anxiety before those milestones, it's totally normal. And I know that moms and dads experience this. Like I know that parents eat the without having loss also experience this. It's just more intensified after you've had that experience. So that is totally normal. Um, another thing is guilt. Guilt is totally normal and it can it can range from feeling guilty about not feeling happy for other people to feeling guilty for being happy and excited and um, feeling connected to a new pregnancy. There's going to be positive emotions and there's going to be negative emotions. And again, I can't stress this enough that it is totally normal and a part of the process. You have to honor both. The contrast is what makes us alive and the contrast is what makes us experience the present moment. So another interesting thing that kind of happens after you get pregnant, after you've experienced a loss is, you know, there's some women that I just envy that get pregnant and just don't worry at all about all the things that can go wrong. I am so jealous of that because I don't have that experience and it's interesting because I rarely worry about a lot of things, but this is something that, and maybe because I just have, I just know too much, uh, but I was never worry free. And I was very aware of all the things that could go wrong. Um, and I think after having pregnancy loss, like all of that innocence just feels shattered and, and that's okay. You know, I waited a very long time before I actually shared about my pregnancy. Um, I just, I didn't, I didn't feel, I, you know, there's always the what if scenarios. There's always like the worst case scenario. Our brain goes to that place. And if that is you, that is totally normal. Like being cautiously optimistic is a thing. And that is a, okay. Um, Another thing that I mentioned earlier, but I'm going to touch on this again, is be prepared for insensitive comments. Well-intentioned, yet often upsetting and hurtful comments from family members, friends, strangers, coworkers, etc., is totally normal. We live in a culture and society that is uncomfortable with sad things, especially death. And we applaud those that have experienced loss. And we're like, oh my gosh, you're just so strong and all the things. The thing is, it's important if you feel called to talk about your miscarriage or your loss or whatever it is that you're going through, even if you're having infertility struggles or challenges, like 
if you feel like you want to talk about it, talk about it. You're not responsible for someone else's emotions. Only they are. So if someone is uncomfortable by that topic, it's okay. That has nothing to do with you. When someone says something that feels insensitive or thoughtless, remember, while it might be directed at you, it has nothing to do with you. They just offer perspective into what their world of thoughts and beliefs are and like their discomfort with loss is and has nothing to do with you. And the other side is you're not responsible for other people's emotions. So if what you talk about makes someone uncomfortable, again, that has nothing to do with you. I definitely talked about it a lot. I still talk about it a lot. Like when someone asks me if this is my first child, when I'm walking around pregnant, I go, yes, but I had a miscarriage before. I don't hide it. I don't, I'm not ashamed of it. I talk about it because I want it to be known and I want people to feel, make it normal to have these conversations. If someone's uncomfortable about it, not my problem. Like I just want, I don't want to keep that inside me. I don't want to keep that shame within me. So... The last thing that I want to touch on is embracing the moments and the challenges that come with all of this. You know, there's going to be ups and downs. And when you can just remind yourself of what truly matters and what, you know, how you're anchored in the present moment, all that worry, all that stress, all that what if, all of that worst case scenario will slowly go away because none of that exists in the present moment. So allow yourself to embrace the challenges and the discomfort that comes up with that light, with that presence in mind. Yes, we can't control, like there's, you know, there's very little we have control over in this world. And when life like this happens, it often kicks us on our butt and redirects us in a um, sometimes aggressive way. But if you can just allow yourself to be in the present moment and just connect to that truth, it can help make this process so much more enjoyable. And I'm not saying it's not going to be challenging, but you can ebb and flow through all of the emotions that come up and the experience that you're having. You know, it's not about rainbows and butterflies. Like being present and anchored in that truth is not about putting rose-colored lenses on and pretending, you know, that the stress and the worry isn't there. It's about acknowledging it. It's about recognizing it, allowing it to process through you so you can find that space in your body, in your heart, in the present moment. And that will keep you anchored as you move through whatever happens. Because again, you can't control what happens. There's so little control that we have, but you can hundred percent control how you respond to it. And by doing these practices and having these experiences, it just makes you that much more resilient and willing to be open to the human experience. Like when you go through something like this, there is no emotion that you can't handle. And emotions are the key. Emotions are the most powerful thing that each and every one of us has. So this experience can really open you up to what it's like to be a human and you don't have to out positive yourself through it. That's the best part. You don't have to positive poly, like everything's okay. Other people have it worse. I'm just trying to be positive. Oh, you don't have to just be positive. You can feel the negative emotion, and you can feel hopeful. It doesn't have to be one or the other. So don't just try to white knuckle through it. Be open to all of it and know that you are not alone. And whatever you're experiencing is valid because you, my friend, you are 
experiencing it. So I hope that you found this episode helpful. I still have a couple of weeks to go and I'm still just anchoring in my own truth of what is true right now. And that's going to be my continued practice because it is so easy to let worry and anxiety and fear grasp and pull us down. And knowing that that's a part of the process has really helped me stay open and not, you know, definitely sometimes are easier than others. I will say that there has been moments where I have felt anxiety kind of take over. But again, it's not about being perfect in this practice. It's just about progress. I would say that this has helped me the most is just being open to feeling all of the emotions and staying anchored in what's happening in the present moment. Those are the things that have been a game changer. And I will say it it feels really good to be in this place. But like I said, like you have to take it day by day, day by day. That is so, so important. So I hope that this episode was helpful to you. And if not, maybe you know someone that might need to hear this today. Just know that you're not alone. I'm going to say it over and over again. Like you are not alone. This is not forever. Okay. This is not forever. And when you recognize that this is just a moment in time, this is not forever. It allows you to be more open. You know, our heartbreak doesn't need a positive spin or like the silver lining. It just needs the safe space of non-judgment, curiosity, compassion, where it can be felt and it can be witnessed. We don't need to fix anything. Nothing is broken. We don't need to fix our emotions. We just want to validate them and comfort them. And so that's what this is for. Just creating the space to validate and comfort how you're feeling. It doesn't need to be fixed. All right, my friend, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Um, If you enjoyed it, send me a message. If you send this to a friend, that's even better. Someone that might need to hear this. If you have been enjoying the podcast, I'd be so grateful for a review. And that's it for today, my friend. I hope that you have a beautiful rest of your week and your 2022 is in a flow. And if it's not, it's all good because you can start that flow, whatever. But I'm sending you a ton of love. So remember to love yourself, own your happiness and let your light shine because you're so worthy of it, my friend. 